This episode was made possible by our incredible patrons who faithfully support the work of amplifying the voices of spiritual abuse survivors. We are an extremely small team comprised of just two families with a passion for stories and image bearers. We committed early on to not monetizing any of the stories and rely solely on the donations of our Patreon community to operate. If you value this work and are able to contribute, you can join for as little as $5 a month. Another way you can support us is by following, rating, and reviewing the podcast. It only takes a moment, but it has a big impact on our reach. Thank you for daring to listen. Welcome to our new segment, At the Bus Stop. Since starting Bodies Behind the Bus at the end of last December, we have been honored to get to meet some incredible people, and we want to start introducing them to you here. We will still be releasing stories bi-weekly, but you'll begin to see more of these shorter, topical episodes in between. Whether it be Jay and I breaking down a term or a topic, or a professional coming in for an interview, we're hoping this will be a space to learn, grow, and dream as a community. This first episode is the audio from a recent Instagram Live with my Twitter-turned-real-life friend, attorney Robert Callahan. In light of the recent announcement of Acts 29 President Matt Chandler stepping down after an investigation into his behavior in his direct messages, we discuss why a church would hire a law firm to investigate a pastor's potential wrongdoing and what role that law firm would play. I'm Jonna Harris, and this is At the Bus Stop by the Bodies Behind the Bus podcast. Everybody, this is Robert, and he is amazing. I am so grateful to bring his voice, his face, his presence into this space. And I asked him to do a live because we were over on the Twitter streets talking about um, the fact that the Village Church brought in a law firm. Mm-hmm. to, I'm using air quotes, investigate, probably should just not use air quotes. They probably did investigate whatever the vague situation that happened between Matt and this other woman after he was confronted in February in the lobby. Right. And I was posing the question, why would you hire a law firm as a church versus like a third party investigator that is educated and usually brought into a church setting when, when like an abuse allegation arises or something like that, what would be the cause for bringing in or the purpose of bringing in lawyers? And you had a lot of great things to say. And I was like, we need this over in our Instagram community as well. So I kind of just want to pass the floor to you and have you share what you were sharing with me over there. Sure. And first of all, thank you for the invite. I'm honored to be here. So thank you very much. Yeah, um, thank you. I want to start, first of all, with just the concept of an investigation, and then we can talk about a legal investigation and the implications of that. Yeah. The idea of an investigation, first of all, means that there's something that we believe that we don't know. That's why we investigate. There's something out there. We don't know what we don't know. So the purpose of an investigation is to dig deeper and figure out whether or not all the information is known or whether there's some unknown quantity out there that's going to be problematic later on. Okay, and so as a lawyer um, and having done some PR stuff as well, I I start thinking about, okay, what are the the layers to be peeled away here? What are the concerns? Okay, now, if this was a uh, let's take 
worst case scenario, we know that this doesn't involve a minor, but if this was something that involved a minor, then the church would be a mandatory reporter. So there wouldn't be an announcement about an investigation. That would be something that would be so scandalous. They wouldn't want that even quasi-public. That would also be handed off to the police immediately. So it's not instant mandatory a legal investigation from law enforcement. So that tells us that it's it's one scale down. It's something that's less serious than something that required mandatory reporting. Okay, so then we start thinking about, all right, so what are the implications of that? What, what sort of situation could that be? What this smacks of to me is something that could be legal under certain circumstances, but under certain other circumstances, um, might not be legal or is problematic in and of itself. So prime example of that is sexting, sending pictures of body parts, things like that. When two adults are doing that in a consensual manner, there's no problem with it. Even though it could be the case that both of them are married or one of them is married, that may be unethical and it, and it of course is, but is it illegal? In most states, no. It, you know, if it's going to be between two uh, consenting adults. So now what we're drilling down on is why then, if it's something that was just, you know, hey, this is on my phone, here you go, so sorry, my bad, that's it. That's the end of the investigation. If there's anything more to be delved into, well, then now we're peeling more layers on this onion and it's, it's, a, it's a problem. So what else are we looking for? Typically what you find whenever there's something that skirts a sexual allegation, and I found this as a prosecutor in the past, I found this as, as the defense attorney, I've prosecuted every kind of case you can think of, I've defended every kind of case you can think of. Whenever something comes up, it's usually the tip of the iceberg. So there's some other thing that's going on out there. So my guess would be, we know what he's admitted to at, at this point, is some sort of DM situation, some instant messages that are lewd, crude, or, or somehow in, improper. Okay, if this was just you know two adults just making jokes, that wouldn't that wouldn't be an issue. Um, so my guess is um, you know it, it's something that's sexual in nature or semi-sexual in nature um, that as long as she is consenting to, it's not legally a problem. But maybe there could be other people involved. There's at least some witness that's involved because that's the person that confronted. So now we need to figure out how far has this gone? Um, how far do the, the ripples go? What are the ramifications for the village church? Um, that, so that's all about investigation. Okay. Now, why do you bring a law firm into the investigation? This mm -hmm. is the interesting part. What lawyers bring to the table that a normal investigative firm does not, two things. Number one is credibility. Lawyers, um, we get a bad rap, um, and it may be rightfully <laughs> so sometimes, um, but there is a certain prestige that is associated with the profession. And so there's an air of credibility that is lent to an investigation if a lawyer is attached to it, even mm -hmm. if it has no legal implications. Okay. The second thing that lawyers bring to the table is attorney-client privilege, and that's huge. If you tell me something as part of um, an um, investigation, as part of my representation of you, that is a secret for life. 
I can't share it with my cousin, mother, brother, sister, dog, uncle, nobody. The only person that can violate or the only person that can break that bubble of silence on that privilege is you, the client. And so in this situation, what the village church is telling us, they're not telling us that Matt has his own private attorney, because even that in and of itself, if there was a criminal investigation and he hired his own attorney, that information by itself could be privileged. That's not what they're telling us. What they're telling us is we've brought in a firm to represent the village church's interests Mm -hmm. and to investigate this. And all of it will ultimately be shielded by the attorney-client privilege. So whatever is known, if there's you know 15 people that are somehow uh, implicated in all of this, um, if it looks bad for the church, um, all of that information that they garner can be held within the attorney-client privilege. An example that I've seen something like this before, and again, important to say, I don't know the situation, we don't know the yeah. We're not sure. Um, But what I've seen in the past is you can use a law firm to investigate and talk to witnesses to get statements from witnesses. So, you know, the other woman that's involved in this situation, um, you tell us what happened in your own words. Was this consensual? Was this something that you felt like was put upon you or was this something that you wanted? Or is there more out there? Are there receipts? Can we have that receipt, um, the original, if possible, so that that's in our control. Yeah. It's you to sign this NDNA or sorry, this NDA. Um, what does wife think? Because notably wife wasn't on stage. I don't know if wife was sitting in the congregation, but I, I think I heard she was. Okay. Okay. So, but you know, where's wife on this? Can we get a statement from wife? Is wife willing to sign an NDA? Does this, is this something that will inevitably get out there? Does witness that confronted him in the lobby have copies of the receipts? Um, what can we, what we, can we get out of her? Can we get her to just information vomit on us? And then that, that has some place to have gone and it's, and it's now done. She's got it off her chest and we're, the whole thing's over with and it never comes up again. Um, and then now the value of your lawyer becomes all that information. She's, she's shared all that information and um, it's for use for the church. And now is, if she's satisfied of getting it off her chest, it has no place that it has to go later. It doesn't have to go higher up a chain. So uh, at the end of the day, what the village church is really doing is they're trying to control the the atmosphere and the stream of information in which the the information uh, the inform- the atmosphere that is all released in. Okay. Um, so they, I'm such a nerd. I'm I'm, I'm a huge uh, Marvel fan, and so I think about <laughs> the, uh, you know the Doctor Strange series. He has the yeah. uh, the mirror uh, dimension. You know, yeah. kind of putting the mirror dimension over <laughs> all of our our situation here so that it, it doesn't bleed to the outside world. We can mm-hmm. analyze it and then we can determine what we want to do with it. Is this going to affect the brand? Do we have to let Matt go? Um, is this a slap on the wrist situation? Can we just send him on sabbatical and let him write a book? What are we going to do here? So that's that's the benefit of having a lawyer involved in the investigation. Okay. So why, in your opinion, would a church choose an attorney versus like a like a get like a net grace type option where it's it's people that are um like psychologists or trained to 
pick out abuse of authority, abuse of power. Um, they're kind of the ones that have their eyes on the different dynamics between pastors and congregations, all that kind of stuff. What would be the purpose for choosing a lawyer versus that? Liability. The, the primary issue, lawyers or excuse me, churches are very bad about not hiring lawyers unless they need to. Okay. And they will keep instead of keeping a lawyer on staff, like you'll see schools will do this. They'll have in-house counsel. And so anything that happens inside of that institution, that lawyer is on scene. He can actually act proactively, he or she, um, and tell the, the administration, these are the types of things that we need to be doing to avoid pitfalls in the future. Um, historically speaking, churches are not great about doing that. They will wait until a circumstance comes up and then they get the lawyer involved. So right. a lawyer is his primary obligation is to analyze the liability, the civil liability of the church. Yeah. So if if the person that was on the other side of this conversation were to say, there were power dynamics that were involved. I didn't consent to this type of conversation. I wasn't expecting to receive this type of, um, you know, digital information um, or pictures or things like that from Matt. It was all inappropriate. I'm in counseling now, those kinds of things. Yeah. That, that lawyer is not just investigating, but is now doing an analysis right up front of how bad is this? You know, do does it look bad if we let him go now? Do we need to let him go now in order to get ahead of this? What is our financial liability here? Mm -hmm. If she decides to sue, you know, are we talking about intentional infliction of emotional distress, negligent infliction of emotional distress? Is she missing work now because she can't get in her right mind? So all those things as the lawyer is also sanitizing this investigation, they are also an analyzing how bad is this situation legally? Does, right. does the village church also have some sort of civil liability if they don't let Matt go now? Um, are, they, are they in worse trouble? Um, how closely connected are we? How bound are we to his independent actions? Um, so that's, that's another reason that you would bring a law firm involved. Okay. And now I have one more question for you. Would the law firm have the church's best interest in mind at all times, or would they be there specifically to suss out the situation and protect whoever they needed to protect in that moment? That's a fantastic question. The law firm, if it is hired by the church, is going to represent the church. So they're not going to represent Matt. They're not going to represent um, any victims. They're not going to represent any witnesses, third parties, any, all that information that's garnered that doesn't have to benefit anyone other than the church. Their client and their obligation to their client extends only to the church. So anything that they learn at the end of the day is to benefit the church. So when we're talking about why you use a lawyer, that communicates so much from the outset, which is that this we feel like we need protection or we're concerned about our liability. And so the church's interest is being represented by that lawyer. So basically nobody else, you're telling us nobody else in that equation is being, their best interest is not being represented by that lawyer. So 
if that woman was under distress, like this is all hypotheticals now, right? Because everything's right. so big. Who knows what the next New York Times article is going to say that drops probably tomorrow with more. But yeah. that woman, the other half of this investigation technically is not represented, has no, none of her best interest is being taken into account by the attorney. It's all protect, 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 protect the institution. Correct. What's our liability? Okay. Correct. And in the same way that you see the joke that uh, that kind of pervades Hollywood where there's an undercover officer and someone's like, you know, if you're a cop, you got to tell me, which by the yeah. way is true. Um, <laughs> if, if this woman doesn't have the, um, the presence of mind to ask in the moment, mm-hmm. are you representing me? Or are you representing Matt or are you representing the church? If she doesn't think to ask that question, then it is completely fine for them to probe and for them to, to, you know, inquire and gain information and documentation and use that all for the benefit of the church. And they've really committed no, no legal harm, no legal foul. Um, So, you know, if you're in that situation, it's important to ask those questions, you know, this for my benefit. Or is this for the village church church's benefit? Um, who do you represent? Because at the end of the day, that is the person that is, is meant to be protected. Oh, gosh. Thank you so much. This was so helpful. Yeah. Um, before I let you go, I just want to remind everybody about the fact that the village church just settled a case that had been in litigation for a while. And it was set to go to trial in October. And they chose to settle a couple of weeks ago. And I just find that curious and interesting with now knowing that they've had an attorney, a law firm that they hired in February coming into this scenario, like the amount of things that are probably going on behind the scenes. Do you find that curious too? I'm just... Yeah. I mean, those things are absolutely not siloed. Those things work together. So that indicates to me, again, this is the, the... possibly the tip of an iceberg. And it may not be that underneath the surface is all about Matt Chandler. It may be underneath the surface is all about the culture of the church. Um, But there's, there's a lot more that's going on. And the lawyers that are helping the village church with that settlement realize that there's two layers at least or two streams that are going on at the same time and they don't want those to mix they don't want those those people coming out at the same time saying all this stuff because again at the end of the day the village church wants to continue being a church they want to continue doing ministry business they have the church's best interest in mind and they're definitely going to be thinking about the fact that there's multiple layers, multiple things that are going on at the same time. All right. That's helpful. Well, thank you so much for anybody that is listening now or listens later. This is all things that we collectively, unfortunately, need to be really learning about and considering and allowing to weigh into how we hear something like what we heard on Sunday, right? From Matt. Like that was not just that was carefully assessed by attorneys that probably cost a lot of money. (laughs) So yeah, this is all just stuff that where we can't make a definitive answer, especially because there's so much vagueness surrounding all of this right now. Like we would be unwise not to learn more about this and not to consider these things as we look at this shepherd. So Robert, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate your voice a ton. If you guys aren't following him, go follow him. 
He is a killer follow, has lots of great things to say all the time. So go do that. And if you haven't listened to our episode with New Evangelicals that dropped, you can go do that and you can kind of hear some of our first first reactions 24 hours into what happened on Sunday with Matt Chandler. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Robert. Appreciate you. Thank you. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.